Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, the Yankees are officially eliminated from postseason contention. Could have told you that a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, but nevertheless makes it official. But the Yankees give Yankee fans a little thrill, uh, at least take two out of three in the final home series against the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks. And in the last game, doing a little bit comeback fashion and a couple of home runs by some of the future Yankees we hope uh, will be you know, a cornerstone of this team moving forward in the years to come. Uh, but again, you know, it's just kind of sad that, yes, it's now official. The Yankees are out of postseason contention which kind of we all knew, but now it's official. So we'll get into all of that and plus preview the last road trip for the Yankees this season as they wind everything down. But before we do, there's a lot more Yankee stuff going on. Uh, it's going to be a pretty busy offseason because Cashman's going to have the, a lot of stuff on his hands. What are going to do? Free agency? Do we trade some of the young guys? We bring some veterans in here. What to do to this team to get them back on their winning ways so they can get back into the postseason again? This is the first time since 2016 uh, the New York Yankee organization has not been in the postseason. So going to get all the cool stuff. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Got that. Got interviews of course the most recent one on youtube with the cigar box cards guy uh we also got some uh, other future interviews set up as well and other kind of yankee content so uh you want to get that all here so make sure you subscribe to the podcast section 420 talking yankees as well as you want to jump over to the youtube channel go to youtube section 420 talking yankees make sure you also sign up there as well again that's the video portion of the show you want to catch it all so jump on both so uh you know this is going to be Maybe the uh, little interesting, you know, uh, as I previewed in the last episode, you know, this series is going to open up with the quote-unquote fire Brian Cashman night. And, of course, this was being organized by John uh, from MassPeth, as we follow him on Twitter. I was going to organize this big thing in the right field uh, bleachers there. Uh, turned out to be kind of a dud. And, you know, just for a couple of reasons that you know, apparently Aaron Judge was having none of it. Aaron Judge in this game going off having three home runs in the game to show you why Judge is Judge. And the Yankees absolutely blow out the Diamondbacks in that first game. Really were up 7 nothing. Now, Diamondbacks scratched the run across late. But, you know, this was the Yankee players at least saying that, no, uh, you know, Cashman's our guy and they all played hard in this game. Now, the whole quote-unquote protest or whatever demonstration you want to say itself was kind of really underwhelming. I mean, maybe heard a bit, a bit of smattering, but it didn't really get the big fanfare as maybe people would hoped. Um, again, you heard some of the murmurs, some of the chants, but it was really kind of a dud. And they asked Judge after the game, and again, he was out there in right field. He said, yeah, he heard some of it, but he fully backed Cashman. And kind of if you have your star player back in the GM like that, it just again gives you a notion that I mean, Judge has his ear against the wall. He's in the organization. He's the Yankee captain. The way he spoke about it is probably the way a lot of the players also feel about Cashman. So, again, any of you fans out here that thought that Howe was going to cut Cashman after this season, again, very highly unlikely. If anything, again, they're, you know, they're going to probably use now more of these third parties party or outside agencies to help with their talent evaluation as well as some of their planning I and mean, then that what you'll see again that's it's kind of indirectly giving Cashman a little slap but uh, again I never thought that Cashman would uh, lose his job this offseason now if we go into 2024 and they get off to a really bad start then it's, a, it's at a point where even though he, he would still have another year and change left on his contract at that point that's when you have to make the move but you're not going to see the move this coming offseason so anybody who had any hopes of that that's not the case and then if cash can always go back to hal saying hey look at the trade deadline i was the one that who wanted to sell off you're the one who wanted to at least you know give a shot for this uh 2023 postseason which i think was the right move by hal i mean i thought you know with judge coming back and rondon coming back and this hope these things could finally click in it did make sense but unfortunately it was not the case so you know cash can always say hey look i was the one who wanted to sell off you didn't you were wrong so hey 
we'll call it even. So that's the case there. But nevertheless, the Yankees take the first game, 7-1. Now, ironically, the next game, they were going to have the Aaron Judge bobblehead day now for the Saturday game. Now, if they could have moved that ahead one game for the Friday game, that would have been perfect because you have Aaron Judge bobblehead night, and then he hits three home runs. But nevertheless, they moved this to one day over because they probably wanted the afternoon game, the 1 o'clock game for the kids. So I kind of understand it in that regard. Now, this was posted that the pairing of the Maris bobblehead dollar came out about like a month ago or so. And this was going to post to be like them sort of back-to-back, you know, obviously last season with Judge surpassing Roger Maris. They're kind of linking them two up. So you might have gotten the Roger Maris one several weeks ago. You were probably counting on getting the Aaron Judge one this past Saturday, but that would not be the case. Uh, still hurricane season. I guess we got the little tail whip of it came up here through the, through the northeast corridor. So that kind of whole weekend was kind of rainy, misty, not really bad damaging type of hurricane weather like that. But it was enough to postpone the game pretty early. So they decided to do it with the bobblehead. Now they could have moved it to, to Sunday, but even with Sunday, uh, the weather to be uncertain, they decided now to move the bobblehead totally back till next season. So you're going to have to wait till next season to get this Aaron Judge bobblehead uh, doll, which I'm sure a lot of fans bought uh, tickets to that Saturday game just for that point and probably overpaid a little bit just to get in there, be one of the first fans to get the bobblehead. And unfortunately, see, when you're not making the postseason now, you kind of focus on bobbleheads. That's just, you know that's pretty much not how your season's gone down the tubes. But nevertheless, I'm sure a lot of fans want to know about this because I'm sure a lot of them want that Aaron Judge bobblehead. So turns out you're going to have to wait till next season because obviously they didn't have that Saturday. Now they moved that Saturday game, got rescheduled for Monday. And again, same thing. They just didn't want to give it out because weather's unsure. And plus, you know, you're going to have a Monday crowd. Okay, it's Monday. A lot of people got work. Kids got school. This is a Yankee team that's going nowhere. You're not going to take your kid out of school just to go to this game, meaningless game here. So they probably weren't expecting a big crowd anyway. So you're not going to release the Judge Doll when, uh, who knows? I don't even know if they had him, like, could even get like 8,000 people into the crowd. So you don't want a situation where you have more bobblehead dolls than even people. So I get to see them scrapping this whole thing, push it to April when you have a normal-sized crowd, you know, 40,000 people in the crowd where, yes, the first, you know, 15,000 get the bobblehead. That's the way you want to do it. You don't want to do it there where it's like you're just giving them out to people and you still have a ton left over and you're not going to give two to the same person. So it's a whole mess. So the Aaron Judge bobblehead doll, you have to wait till next season for that one. But nevertheless, more importantly, the second game, finally the Sunday game, calls from Don on the mound. And, you know, his last start wasn't good at all. Now, this one wasn't as bad, but gave up two runs early. Now, he settled in, but unfortunately, the Yankee offense gave you absolutely nothing this game. Completely shut down by Zach Galen on his way for his 17th win. Only went six innings there, but again, the Yankees couldn't muster anything against him. And later, had a bases loaded situation with Judge up. Judge got a bases loaded walk. Wowie. And that was the Yankee offense for the game. Again, totally nothing. And Arizona easily takes the game by almost the same score. The Yankees won the first one, which then brings you to the finale, which I guess is the more exciting of the three just for the Yankees have a little heart little soul little comeback uh, we're you know down early again in this one uh, as well 2 nothing thanks to Clark Schmidt there but Austin Wells uh, with his second home run as a Yankee ties the game 2-2 and the Yankees would fall behind but then another young gun Yankee who we, we kind of been waiting to tee off really a bit it has been kind of a disappointment in terms of the home run ball but finally hitting his second home run getting hit his, hit his first run at Fenway a couple weeks ago hitting his second home run uh, the first of his career at Yankee Stadium and would tie the game at the point three three. Peraz would also work a bases loaded walk of his own. Put the Yankees up finally by a score of five to four. Four Floreal later on would chip in. 
um, with a uh, sack fly of his own, and the Yankees end up uh, turning the score around, taking the finale there by a score of six to four. Uh, Clay Holmes on there in the ninth with two strikeouts, so not the usual anxiety-filled inning from Clay Holmes there. And the Yankees get a nice comeback win uh, to give the fans a little something. Whether fans were left in that stadium uh, for the last game, the Yankees take two games out of three there, and now we'll head on to the road. A couple games against Toronto, and then finishing out the season against the Kansas City Royals and the Yankees right now at 79 and 77. You're just hoping they could finish at least with a dignity, finish above 500. Now they can play a bit, a little bit spoilers in this wild card, so they got the three games against Toronto. Now Toronto right now pretty much comfortable in that second wild card slot. The guy kind of got used to nipping at the heel. So you know if the Yankees could go up there and take two out of three, or even sweep the Toronto Blue Jays, could really you know just mess up some of the postseason plans. You still have Seattle there on the outside looking in. You know if Seattle could win a few games and the Yankees could uh, beat up on Toronto a little bit, maybe Seattle could slip in there and take Toronto's spot. So if you're the Yankees, you want to play spoiler, you have an opportunity to do so. Now they'll send Michael King up on the mound for the first game against Kevin Costman and King again coming off that brilliant performance last time just got no run support you know seven innings 13 strikers gave up this to one run hopefully could build on that maybe the Yankee offense again yeah get a little snippy again Yankee Toronto you know been a little bit of rivalry I know this season been dead because the Yankees not pretty much not having a good season but you know the past two three years we've seen the Yankees and Toronto's kind of been one of the newer um you know little getting chippy uh, rivals there in the AL East there. Again, the, the one with Boston kind of been dying out. And Baltimore, it's not really to hate about Baltimore, so it's not really been there. But Yankees-Toronto, Yankees-Tampa, that one has been cooking up a little season. So, you know, if the Yankees want to play spoiler this time, they have an opportunity to do so to do that up there in Toronto. Now, on this road trip, Frankie Montos had another rehab start through another two innings. They're talking about possibly bringing him along on the road trip, and maybe he'll throw a couple innings here or there. Nothing that's really been confirmed yet, but they are kicking the idea around there. And also just, you know, in general, Boone, obviously, yeah, they acknowledge, yes, the season's over. But his whole thing is that he's planning to be back in 2024. So that's just where his focus is. Um, I don't see them cutting him. There's a couple of games where he made some bad choices here. But I think he has the clubhouse. He ha- Judge has his back. I think the players like him. Um, I think Hal and Cashman like him. I just don't think any other manager could have had any other result. I don't think another manager would have magically prevented Judge from straining his toe. I don't think another manager would have magically prevented uh, Rendon from being hurt for pretty much 75% of the season. I don't think um, another manager would have magically, you know, prevented uh, Nesta Cortez from, you know, having to rotate a cuff issue that pretty much hampered his whole season and then eventually shut him down. I don't think Aaron Boone could have done anything differently to make Gio Colstan and DJ LeMayo better players, you know, so... Uh, I just think it's more on them. So I, I would expect Boone to be back. And you're hearing a lot of positives. I don't, even though the results have kind of been uh, a little shaky there. A lot of people saying positive things about Sean Casey. So if Sean Casey wants it, maybe he'll be back as well a full season um, as a hitting coach. I could possibly see that. Now, you know, they did ask Don Manley recently. Right now he's coaching with Toronto. If he would have interest in any head coaching job, he kind of actually snuffed it off and said no. But I just don't think you would ever see Don Manley managing the Yankees. I can't see them bringing their star player back from the 80s. Because when you bring a guy in, you know you're going to fire him at some point. And so I just don't see it happening. You saw that with Magic Johnson tried to coach the Lakers. And it's just sometimes you, you, they say you could always go home again. In those cases, you can't go home again. Now, I know when Don Manning was a hitting coach with Torrey in 2005, that's a little different. It's all about hitting and your coach. And coaches come and go every other year. So when you get rid of a coach, it's not really a big deal. That's a little different than being the manager. So anyone hoping that Boone's going to be fired and then bring Don Manning the next season to the coach's team, that's also not going to happen. You're going to look at the same team. It's probably going to be very similar, except now you're going to have the young guns. You're going to have 
probably Wells uh, behind the dish there as the main catcher, or at least maybe a backup to Trevino. They'll probably maybe find a way to move out Higgy. Uh, we'll see what goes there. And again, you're probably going to see Peraza, Volpe. You're going to see probably Oswaldo Cabrera, who's been a little bit better now in recent weeks, even though overall it's been a disappointing season for him. Uh, again, Gleyber Torres is probably back. You know, they'll probably do an arbitration deal, so he's back. And you're just going to have basically, you know, this the same group. DJ is going to be there. He's on the contract. Stanton's there. He's going to on the contract. I don't think anyone's going to take any of those players off their hands unless Cashman pairs them with some sort of deal, which I just don't see what happen. And I think you just hopefully have a whole healthy team of Cole, Rendon, Nesta Cortez, maybe now Michael King in the mix. We'll see if they also stick with Clark Schmidt as well. And this, you just pray, cross your fingers that these guys stay healthy. You have a whole season. And then halfway through, you get Jason Dominguez in and then have him as your full-time center fielder. And again, we saw what he did in eight games. Imagine what he could do at least with half a season. And I think you go to war with that. And of course, maybe they bring in a free agent like a Clay Bellinger or something like that. Um, but again, overall, this team you got now, I think it's like 70% of it's going to be the same. Now, I don't want to get too carried away in free agency and off-season moves. We have those off-season for that. But again, if you're looking for this totally different team and this totally different organization and totally different front management office and totally different everything, it's not going to be the case. It's going to be the same team, more or less. So that's what we got. So we'll catch you after the Toronto series. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Go over YouTube. Subscribe there as well. And do the double play. Catch you next time. (laughs) 